Welcome to today's edition of Beat to the Fire, where we're always challenging the status quo. For more cutting-edge commentary, go to feettothefire.org. That is feet, the number two, thefire.org. And now your host. Today's episode, Election Data, Problems with Our Elections, and how to fix them. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Feet to the Fire. This is your host, Sergio Fassa. Very excited, been pumped every day to get behind this microphone and talk to you about what's going on because there's so much spin in the media, in the narrative, and we need to assess what's going on as clear-minded conservatives, not as people simply being spoon-fed the narrative and swallowing it and digesting it the way the establishment wants us to. So, some of this is review, but I wanted to put it all in one episode, so all of the election information is together in one episode that I can hand directly to you. Closer look at the 2022 election. The 2022 election last week was a combination of some significant gains, some expected losses, unfortunately, and also the big elephant in the room, or the big donkey in the room, Democrats exploiting a flawed, broken election system. In short, cheating. Again, please notice the obvious and the very conspicuous from last week. The same swing states had issues with unexpected results, delayed counting, and all of this nonsense, but especially unexpected results contrary to polling and contrary to reality. And now it's the norm to be counting forever. And early and mail-in voting, as I keep saying, is necessarily corrupt. Now I want to quote Trump from his announcement speech on Tuesday. Quote, to eliminate cheating, I will immediately demand voter ID. Correct. Same day voting, right on. And only paper ballots, he said inciting some of the loudest cheers of the night. Only paper ballots. Right on. That's what it's got to be. And incidentally, this is another reason why I think Trump is still the best guy. He's the only one who keeps emphasizing election reform, harping on it, and he refuses to be silent on the 2020 steal. And now what I would call the 2022 steal. And that is the litmus test for I keep saying it, a true conservative. Where are you on all of this election stealing and reform? Now, back to the election. We almost lost the House, guys. With everything going on, the state of the economy, the state of the country, and all the polling, and as I said, reality, we still almost lost the House. Dems possibly gained in the Senate. It looks like they will, depending on what happens in Georgia with Herschel Walker. And we're being told Carrie Lake lost the governor's race in Arizona. It's hard to swallow. And all the swing states just coincidentally swung against us again. Here's some more data. I cited this yesterday, but again, so you have it all in one place. From Breitbart, Republicans have won 6 million more votes than Democrats in House races, but relatively gained relatively few seats. When we compare to the 2010 Tea Party Republican tsunami, we did not even win the Senate back then. Remember that. And here we got close to winning both, even with the situation that was not in our favor as Republicans, because remember, a lot of the seats that were up for grabs 
in the Senate that we were counting on were Democrat incumbents, and it's very hard to unseat an incumbent. Last week, we had 6 million more votes than Democrats in voter totals and approximately a six-point overall advantage among voters. That's, that's incredible. 6 million more Republican voters across the country. That's something to celebrate. It's similar to 2010 when we had those major House gains. This time, we got a handful of House seats compared to 63 back then. But again, the... The voting totals, 6 million more, winning by six points, it was similar to 2010 when we didn't take the Senate. And so much in election cycles depends on which districts and states are up for grabs, who the incumbents are, what party, where they're located, what states, uh, where the district lines are drawn, gerrymandering, when state legislatures redistrict to kind of uh, squeeze out Republican candidates because they redistrict so that it's a majority Democrat voting area, voting zone. That's how Myra Flores lost in Texas. She won the district uh, to fill the seat of vacancy back in the early summer 2022. They redistricted, redrew the maps and the borders of her district, so it became majority Democrat by huge margins, and she lost the seat. So there's nothing you can do about that as far as the, the bare statistics and what happens based on Again, incumbents and redistricting and all that. We had 20 incumbent Senate seats to defend, and they only had 14, which is a clear advantage. Now, in 2024, we have an advantage. The Democrats have 23 seats to defend, much more than we will. And because there's usually about 33 or 34 Senate seats up every election cycle, So we'll only have about 10 seats to defend in 2024. And at that point, there will be a GOP presidential candidate to help carry our candidates because there was no presidential candidate this election cycle. In the House races, more than 20 incumbent Democrats who won, the Republican challengers were within five points. Republican challengers lost by five points or less. And this is in incumbent Democrat districts. So that is a huge gain. That's winnable in the next cycle. And then we have to consider voting integrity and the skewed system, which is why I keep saying Oz lost in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, as a reminder, has 50 days of voting before Election Day. And that's the longest of any state in the country, almost two months. It's crazy. Of course the Dems are going to win that. You know, everybody says the problem with that is people don't get to hear Fetterman debate with Oz because the debate happened just before the election. They're voting before they hear the debate. That, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, of course, that's a big deal. But that's like that's child's play. That's that's uh, side details. That's not as important as the reality that there is 50 days of Democrats running through inner cities, harvesting ballots, which is completely insane. At that point, nobody's worried about a debate or not a debate. They're running into every nook and cranny and dark corner of Philadelphia and the cities, grabbing anybody, anybody that's breathing, as I said yesterday, if even if they're not registered, even if they're illegals, register them, give them a ballot, help them fill it out, tell them to vote Dem, collect their ballot, and go bring it to the polling place for them. Mail it into the election office to take their vote. To basically 
exploit them for their vote. And the GOP cannot win under these circumstances. Or it's extremely hard because the metropolitan areas are all under Democrat control and the Dems exploit all of these crazy voter laws, lawless election policies, vote whenever they exploit it to get hundreds of thousands, even millions more votes. And so we're duped because we're wringing our hands every election cycle over Pennsylvania. Oh, it's a swing state. Is it going to go red this time? Can we eke out a victory this time? No, no, you're never going to win Pennsylvania ever again with all of this, this lawless voting practice where you have elections that, that, that are extended for two months. We're not going to win. This from the Epic Times. The Democrats' mail-in voting strategy outmaneuvered Republicans in every Pennsylvania county. No kidding. This is making my point that the Democrats exploit these lawless practices. I keep saying lawless. It is technically, quote-unquote, the law, but it's unlawful, and I'll explain that in a moment. 1.4 million Pennsylvania mail-in voters. Out of that number, 69% were Democrats, 21% Republicans. Look at that spread. 60 of Pennsylvania's 67 counties, 50% or more of the mail-in ballots were Democrats. In all of the counties, less than half the mail-in ballot requests came from Republicans, often far less. And in 29 counties, 29% or fewer of the mail-in ballots were Republicans. So even in the rural areas, we're getting whooped by these insane election practices as Republicans. So without election reform, especially in places in Pennsylvania, I will admit it looks hopeless. And so this goes back to my assertion that anything other than in-person, single-day voting, anything other than that is unacceptable because it's illegal, unsustainable, and it's necessarily corrupt. There's going to be cheating unless it's same-day, in-person, voter ID, one day show up and vote. That's it. Now, can I justify that with the law? I'm glad you asked. Let's look first at the Constitution. Article 1, Section 4 of the United States Constitution. Excuse me while I pull it out. The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. But the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations, except as to the places of choosing senators. So, the state legislatures are the ones that make election laws. That's clear. And we don't want to change that and federalize the elections. And a lot of these new policies, like mail-in, were instituted in places like PA by executive fiat, by executive order, by governors overstepping their power and authority and just making new election rules and writing new election laws arbitrarily out of their own brains like kings and just enforcing it on the population on the state. That needs to be prosecuted, brought up in the courts again and again until that's overturned. Let me continue. Article 2, Section 1. This is with regard to presidential elections, but I want you to understand the implied uh, jurisprudential principle or the implied legal argument here. The Congress may determine the time of choosing the electors and the day, do you hear that? The day on which they shall give their votes, which day shall be the same throughout the United States. 
So Congress determines the time of choosing electors and the day that they vote, and that day shall be the same throughout the U.S. Why am I emphasizing that? Because implied in the Constitution, written into it, ingrained in it, cemented in it, is the legal understanding that elections must occur occur on what? You tell me. What did I just read? On a day. That is a 24-hour period, a cycle. Sun up, light, sundown. And you know what's funny? We're having the same argument in politics as we are in Christianity. How conspicuous, how apparent. Is your mind going where it's going with me right now? It's always manipulating language. It's the same argument in Genesis. No, when it said God created on the first day, on the second day, does it really literally mean one 24-hour period? Yes, it does. There was evening and there was there was morning, there was evening, the first day, the second day. Sun comes up, sun goes down. One 24-hour period of cycling light. That's what it means in Genesis. That's why we're six-day creationists, literal day, and it's the same thing. Liberals and, and progressives in Christianity and in politics love to manipulate the language to twist it to mean whatever they want. In the Constitution, it is implied that elections occur on a literal 24-hour cycle day. Now, let's go over to the Northwest Ordinance of 1787. Does the federal government, Congress, or the courts have any prerogative to enforce election, basic election laws on the several states? Not running the elections. I already said that. I don't want want elections federalized. I'm very much against that. The states need to run it. But if states are engaging in this kind of chicanery and deception and cheating, mail-in, two months of voting like Pennsylvania, is there any legal uh, standing for the federal government to say, hey, you have to run fair elections? Run them how you want. You're the state, but they have to be legal and constitutional. Northwest Ordinance of 1787, which is still a, it's considered one of our organic documents, and it's still in in place, one of our founding documents. It says this. This is how they took new territories into the Union and made them states, part of the Union, as we were expanding with westward expansion. Jefferson wrote this, and this has been applied to all the states up until the most recent bringing in of states. This is how we still bring territories into the Union as states. And whenever any of the said states shall have 60,000 free inhabitants therein, such state shall be admitted by its delegates into the Congress of the United States and shall be at liberty to form a permanent constitution, now listen, and state government provided... Here is a conditional clause in the Northwest Ordinance of 1787, one of our organic documents still in force today, provided the Constitution and government so to be formed shall be Republican, small r, a Republican form of government. In other words, a representative democracy with legal elections and in conformity to the principles contained in these articles. That's still in force. And that is now grounded in the U.S. Constitution, which was ratified two years later. And so, any state that does not maintain a small r Republican form of government with legal elections, the federal government has the legal right to mandate that they fix and clean up their elections. And the several states have legal standing to file suit against other states and demand that those states remedy their elections because 
as citizens of other states, we are subjected to their election chicanery and cheating at the federal level when their cheating screws up and messes up and corrupts our federal elections as we have seen now, definitely for the last two cycles and perhaps even more than that. Now, I didn't get to the Newsmax article. Ballot buffoonery makes U.S. vote system a fourth world sham. I got to get to that. So you have to come back tomorrow. Let justice roll down like waters, America, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Don't believe the hype out there. The elections have to get reformed, and any Republican and conservative who wants our support has to be unafraid to say this in public and to make their number one platform policy, their number one platform on which they are running, agenda point needs to be election reform. See you tomorrow.